0: Good morning, everyone. So good to see you this morning. Welcome to church, Whitburn Pentecostal Church specifically. Uh, Welcome to those who are joining us online today. Glad that you're with us. Stay with us all the way through to the end. Um, But it's good to be in God's house, good to be in His presence. And uh, I wonder if we could maybe just stand as we pray and we just invite, if you're able to stand, just invite the Holy Spirit into all that happens today, all that's going to go on in this building today. And we will take communion today and uh, we'll just come around um, that that act of remembrance today um, as we remember Jesus. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we just hear something of what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us today. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you're here. Lord, we pray for your blessing on every person in this room today, all who are joined online, Father, per- perhaps people who will listen to this uh, service later on. Father, we just pray for your blessing. We pray uh, just for that sense of your presence in our gathering today. Father, we just ask that you'd come. And Lord, as we consider uh, what it means to just live in the, uh, in the flow of what you want to do in our lives. So, Father, we just ask that you'd move amongst us today. Lord, bless those who are on holiday. Lord, we just ask that they would be refreshed and that they'd be rested. Lord, for those who are sick and need a touch in their bodies. Father, we just ask that you would just come and bring healing into their bodies. Um, and, and, Father, that you just demonstrate your power through uh, administering those gifts of healing. And, Lord, we just ask that as we come into your presence today, Lord, may we be so aware that you're here. We know that you're here. But, Father, we pray just for that demonstration of your presence today. Lord, we pray that you come and just inhabit our praises, live in our praise, Father. Lord, we, that you would just move amongst us as we praise you today. And, Lord, we just ask for your blessing on our time together. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Let's worship God. gift of tongues. It's used in different ways, heavenly language, and often uh, God gives what's known as a, a word in tongues, a message in tongues, and with that, that needs to follow an interpretation um, of that tongue. It's not a translation, it's an interpretation, it's the sense of what God is saying uh, to his church today, and uh, just a sense that what God is saying, what God wants to let me just reinforce in some hearts today is that he has heard he has heard your cry. He's heard your cry. And I know as the pastor of the church there are so many things in people's lives in people's hearts, things that maybe you've been wrestling with, situations that you're facing family situations, health situations people that are in our lives that you care about and and you just wish that you could reach into their lives and and, and do things different for them on their behalf, make different decisions for them but you can't do that, but you can pray and I really feel that what the Lord is underlining today is that he has heard you cry He's heard the cry of your heart. He's he's heard not just your prayer, the words that you've prayed, but he's heard the spirit with which you've prayed it. He understands what's going on inside, and he has heard your cry today. God is listening to what you're saying. He's listening. He's interested in what's going on in your life and in your world. And so, just be encouraged by that today. He has heard your cry. Hold on to that today. And Father, we just pray. We pray, help us to to continue to cry Mm. out to you, Father, that we might know your presence in every situation that we face in life. Mm. Father, we sung that in one of the songs there at the start. Father, we just know, we we know that you're in the storm with us. Father, that that, that whatever is happening in life, you're there with us and that you're not turning a deaf Mm. ear to our cry. Father, our hearts are inclined to you today. Our lives are given over to you today and Father as your church we come to you today and Lord we just lift up those things Lord that you've you've said to us Father and, and today Father just you've heard our cry we, we, we've lifted up those things and we lift them up again in your presence today and in the presence of your people and I just kind of feel that there's maybe some names that are on your heart today of people and you just want to And within yourself, just speak those names again to God and say, these are the people that I'm I'm crying out to you for. Um, Some of them might be prodigals, family members, friends, people, may even be people that uh, we we just are are trying to walk alongside and journey beside. and, And let's just, in our hearts, just speak those names out today and just bring them before God again. Father, we just pray that you would move on their behalf and on our behalf. And Father, that we would experience your presence in these situations. Let's just take our seats for a moment. We're going to take communion. In Luke chapter 22, verse 15, we read these words. Well, we read them in one translation anyway. With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus is speaking. And this is what he says: with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And Luke is recording in Greek language what Jesus would have said in Aramaic, with desire, I have desired. And it's a character, characteristically Hebrew thing to say with desire I have desired. Think about Paul who describes himself in Philippians chapter 3-5 as a Hebrew of Hebrews. You hear that phrase used in the Old Testament, King of kings, Lord of lords. It's an expression used and it's really to say that Jesus is the king above every other king. He is the Lord above every other lords. He is the name above every other name and Jesus is saying, I have desired above every other desire to sit down and eat this Passover with you. Those are. A longing within him to sit with his disciples in this moment. A passionate longing. And it's interesting if you look at the way that that word is translated in other parts of the scripture. There's a passion, there's a longing, there's a, a deep desire that moves. that moves us on the inside, a craving if you like, a longing. And he's longed for this moment where he'll sit and eat Passover with his disciples. Notice also that it's part of the Jewish cycle of life. I'm going to talk about that in a little moment sitting together at Passover to eat together. We don't necessarily do that in our celebration of communion. We don't eat together. Maybe we should, maybe we shall. But he's he's wanting to sit down with his disciples and share this moment. A moment where everybody around the table is present. Everybody's present. We're all there. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The people who are going to betray Jesus. The people who would deny Jesus and, and, and walk away from him and, and abandon him at the time when he needed it most. They were all present, body, soul, and spirit round the table to participate in a meal in the moment and also to ponder this present moment, the words of Jesus and the future fulfillment of the kingdom of God, all that was about to take place. And we can see in this that Jesus had an intense love for his disciples, even for Judas, There's just that passion that comes out, that intense love. And, you know, I I just feel that God wants to underline today to us that he loves us and that he values us and that he cares for each one of us. Jesus also knew the difficult road that lay ahead of him. He knew that he would become there. There and our Passover lamb. That's what they were there to celebrate, Passover. They ate together, they they ate the sacrificial lamb, the lamb that was killed and cooked, that they might remember Passover and remember what the Lord had done for them. And in this moment, Jesus knew that what what he was celebrating was that he would become the Passover lamb. He would become the one who would carry our sins, who would bear our sins, and who would ultimately wash us clean of our sin. And in this moment, they paused to share communion. And Jesus, I think, today bids us to pause and to share in this moment, this moment of communion, an act of remembrance and an act of celebration. Jesus did that whilst there were people in the room who he knew were going to betray him. And they'd been arguing about who would be the greatest. Can you imagine this? No, no, I'm better than you. I'm more important than you. I'm one of the three. I'm in the in crowd. My goodness, we can sometimes think like that, can't we? And yet in the moment, in the moment, Jesus is saying, we need to share this together. And it encourages me as I remember the hearts of the disciples as they came and they took this first communion that we need to examine Mm -hmm. our own hearts. We need to examine what's inside. And Paul urges us to do that in Corinthians. Therefore, let a man examine himself. Let a woman, let a person examine themselves. And then take of bread and wine as we remember the Lord. And I just want us to just pause for a moment. And if there are things in your heart, it's so a time for confession as well. And saying, Lord, Lord, forgive me these things. Let me Let me eat the bread and drink the wine with a clean heart, with pure hands, with a... Just with that attitude that's that's right before you. Let's just pause for a moment as we just examine our own hearts. Father, we know that when we confess our sins that you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You forgive us, you wash us to make us clean. And Father, we pray that you just wash over us afresh today, make us clean. We thank you that the punishment that was ours, the guilt, the shame, the sin, the transgression, Father, all those things that we're against who you are, your nature, and, Father, the nature that you're trying to create within us, Jesus took those things upon himself, and he, he, he was able to pay that price for our sin, that we would know what it is to be redeemed, that we would know what it is to be free, that we would know what it is to stand before a holy God in confidence, knowing that we're not standing in our own righteousness, but we're standing in Jesus' righteousness, and we thank you for that, Father. And Lord we pray help us to enter into the full experience of all that you have for us as your children and as this as your your people in this church. Father help us to enter into all that you have for us. So let's just prepare to take uh, the bread together. Um when you pray over the bread and then over the wine and we're going to just share that together. Father we thank you for the body of Jesus which was broken for us. We thank you that it was not broken only, but Father, that after three days in that tomb, his body was raised to life again. And Father, we thank you that as we take this bread, it reminds us of a body not only broken, but a body raised, a body raised and glorified. And Father, we thank you that in the resurrection, we have hope as well. And Father, we just thank you for all that Jesus has accomplished for us. And we pray your blessing on this bread as as we take it. Father, may it bless us and may it be healing to us. In his name we ask and Father as we take the wine we remember the blood of Jesus which was poured out Father the blood of Jesus which spilled out and those days leading up to, that day leading up to the crucifixion and Father, even when he was on that cross shedding his life's blood, Father, that we might be, might be cleansed by it, Father, that we might be made clean and pure and whole and Father, we just thank you for Jesus and for that blood, which that precious blood, the life's blood was shed for us, Father, that we might understand and apprehend and grasp that we have true freedom in Christ, that he has set us free. And so Father, we, as we take this wine, we remember the blood of Jesus which was shed for us on that cross. And in his name, we pray these things. Amen. Let's take the wine together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he means to us. We thank you that you live in us through your spirit that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit in this world. He said he had to go back to you. And Father, we thank you that he's seated at your right hand, interceding for us, praying for us, cheering for us. And Lord, we thank you also that he sent the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we don't live in this world alone. Father, we might feel lonely at times, but we're never alone because we know that you're always with us, and Lord, we just pray, help us to grasp just the depth of what you've done for us. Father, open up our eyes that we might see it in a fresh way. Father, even as people take time over summer to rest and to be refreshed and their souls be replenished, Mm -hmm. Father, we just pray in those moments, help us to find freshness in you. And Lord, we just pray that not only our bodies would be rested, but our whole spirit and soul would be revived, rested and recharged, ready for all that you want to do in us and through us. And so Lord, we thank you for the blessings of this church and this family. Lord, we pray for your blessing on it gathered and scattered, whether online or, or whatever is, is happening in people's lives today. Father, we just pray blessing upon them. And Father, may we continue to know your presence in ever increasing measure. In Jesus' name we ask amen amen lord bless you and the lord bless this time to us and the communion time to us it's precious it really is um I, I wonder what it must have been like for jesus and the disciples on that first communion it must have been incredible um but there you go here we are all this time later celebrating remembering communion and it's a blessing to us and just wanted to two announcements before i bring a, a word for today um Just over the next three weeks, just to bear in mind, especially for those who are online, those who may be online, that over the next three weeks it will only be the sermon which will be streamed online. So, just so that you're aware of that. Um, We have set a date for a baptismal service, the 21st of August, um, and they'll be running a baptismal class on the 14th of August. So, if you've never been baptized in water, there's a a tank behind me here. Um, We fill that up with water, we heat it up so that it's not too cold, and uh, we baptize by full immersion in this church. I will explain about that. And uh, so uh, the 21st of August will be a baptismal service. Um, Also on the 11th September, uh, we plan to have membership Sunday. So just so that you're aware Uh, We want to just bring people into membership. So um, we're going to do that on the 11th of September, I think. Um, So um, also, uh, I made this announcement last week. It would be great to have parent helpers help us in our kids' work when we begin to start the Sunday stuff. Um, you don't need to be incredibly gifted and talented and skilled at working with children and all that kind of stuff. You just need to be able to be a presence, to be a support, to be a help. Um, and so when you're asked about this, uh, I'm giving you advanced warning. You will be asked in person. Um, please consider saying yes. And also last week I showed a little video. I'm going to show it again this week. If you would like to be part of a Love the Building team, then you can get signed up out the back there there's a little sheet on the table there's also a sheet on the the notice board if you want to sign up to help with baby boxes for Ukraine and the dates are on that Um, is that okay good just checking you looked at me puzzled maybe it was the lighting Um, but uh, if you want to get signed up for that but let's watch this little video before I just bring uh, the word of God to us today. Hi everyone this is our church Whitburn Pentecostal Church um, this is our building um, hopefully as I'm speaking you'll be able to just get a little tour around the building and see some of the places. Um, we're really needing a team of people who will not only love the people of the church but love the building in the church. Uh, love the fabric, love the seats, uh, love the cupboards, getting them organized, uh, keeping things clean and organized and spick and span. Um, as we begin to uh, open our, our groups up again, we just have this uh, desire to get the place ready for for mission, to get the place ready, and really my heart is that when somebody comes into this church that's not been here for a year, two years, maybe more, uh, that, that they can actually see uh, the, the changes in the fabric, and my, my desire would be that they would say, man, I wonder if the people have changed too, what's, what's happening? In this church um, because at, at the end of the day what we do on the externals is a reflection of what's happening on the inside um, and so my, my hope is that we can get a team of people who will maybe uh, once every couple of months come in and do a deep clean um, and just get into all the, the corners of the church and clean things out keep the cupboards organized look after the fabric of the building you know the outside of the building as well the car park um, just the the land that surrounds us Um, All these things and, and, you know, just to be praying over uh, the building over the land as we're working and really just seeking um, that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done in this church, in this community and the surrounding communities. Our heart is to reach out and this is our base for the mission. Uh, We're so blessed to have it and uh, let's just make the best of the resource that we have. Let's just seek to um, have our building express uh, this core value of excellence so that people see it and they they can just grasp something of our heart just from even the fabric of the building. So get yourself signed up and uh, we'd love to have you as part of that team. Thank you. Who is that guy? He sounds really good, doesn't he? (laughs) (coughs) So it's good to be in God's house today um that that wee video will serve as the before and after video i want the after video to look so much better um but if you want to be part of that team get signed up if you want to help with baby boxes for ukraine get signed up all sorts of things kind of going on in the back just now um that will probably come into the foreground um in, in not too many months Um i want to talk today about life-giving rhythms. We've been in this series of messages about thinking about the importance of the inner life, about the mind and life of Christ being formed in us. And last week, we just kind of took a moment to think about Jesus. Who is Jesus? What does the Bible say about Jesus? And uh, I quoted from Matthew 11. I'm going to quote from that again today. And just think, just pause around this subject a little bit more about rhythms So I'm going to read from the scriptures in the message translation, and this is what it says. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 in the message translation. And I was, as I was thinking about today, I was thinking about these things. Sometimes you can't see it till you see it. And there's a few puzzled faces as I put that up on the screen. You're going, what the heck is he talking about? Obviously, you can't see it till you see it. But what I'm thinking is, until you're tired, until you're worn out, until you're burned out, you can't see the need to get into a good rhythm. You think you're doing okay, but it's only after a while in the wrong rhythm that you go, wait a minute, I can't sustain this. I can't keep doing this. And people have been telling you for months or years, you will not be able to last that pace. And you go, aye, you're right. And you keep on doing the same thing. And it's not until you get to that place that you go, now I see it. I've been seeing it all this time, but I haven't seen it because I've not understood it. I've not apprehended it. I've not made changes to my life. I've not changed the way, uh, the, 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 the rhythm and flow of my life in order to sustain the type of life that God wants for me. It's, it's in those moments where you say, I wish I had known this when I was in my 40s or my 30s or my 20s or I wish somebody had told me this when I was in my teenage years. The reality is that sometimes it's not until we get to that place and we need that type of support and help that that's when that really means something to us. And I'd said before that spiritual formation takes time, intentionality, and the practice of spiritual disciplines. And I just want to spend a little bit more time opening that up today. Those things that are part of our lives, whether it's daily, weekly, or Yearly, those rhythms that form a life, and that's what I want to s- just spend a little bit of time thinking about uh, today. There is a rhythm um, that happens every day, and it's called the sun. The sun rises, the sun sets, every day it does the same thing, and you think, "How boring. The same thing every day, but what would happen if the Earth stopped? Because we know that the sun's not moving, but the Earth is. What would happen if the Earth stopped? And it was nighttime all the time for us and sunshine all the time for somebody else. It would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? So boring and as predictable as it is, we need the daily rhythms of the sun. And I want to suggest today that life, and our daily life, is all about inputs and outputs. Okay, you've heard me say that thing before. It's all about things going in and things going out. And I want us to think just for a second about inputs and outputs. And I want to start right at the start by putting up a picture of a baby. And you'll all know that when it comes to babies, it's all about inputs and it's all about outputs. Okay? They're either greeting because there's not enough input or greeting because there's too much output and there's no way for it to go except in that big thing that's attached to them to make your lives easier. And from the day dot, it's all about inputs and outputs and we get obsessed by it. We get obsessed by the things that go into our body. Well, let's not go there. Let's think about a different kind of output, okay? Let's think about exercise as an output. So we put things into our body, and there needs to be an output. There needs to be an outlet for those things as well. We need to be thinking about exercise. And inputs and outputs are so important, and it happens in our bodies. It happens in our minds, and it happens in our spirits as well. What's going in and what's coming out? I want to suggest that what we feed on is what we become. They do say, I don't know if this is true, maybe there are scientists who can explain this to me, maybe there are people in the room you've researched it, but that our cells regenerate every seven years. And I thought, if I could really concentrate and focus and be really good for seven years and eat all the healthy stuff and exercise really well, in seven years' time, I'll I'll, I'll be just an an amazing type of person. Well, I've, I've never managed to do that for seven years. But life is all about inputs and outputs. And the problem is, when it comes to inputs and outputs, sometimes we can't see it till we see it, eh? Because people say, oh, you need to exercise. And you go, yeah, you're right, I need to exercise. I'll need to start going to the gym. And we should preach this message in January the 1st, eh? When we're all doing our New Year's resolutions. I'll be going to the gym, I'll be doing this, that, and the next thing, and blah, blah, blah. And two weeks later, it's all fell apart. And it's not until we see it that we see it. And I've observed this. We come to a health crisis and a health challenge, and we realize that something in our body's not working right, and that's when we see it. Now, the reality for all of us is that we're all getting older, and things stop working in our bodies as we get older. Isn't it true? Um, And we end up having problems in our bodies because it's just the way things go, But I wonder if we have the opportunity to look after ourselves and do things in a different way, can we look after our body so that we are healthy in our bodies? Can we look after our minds so that we're healthy? We're thinking about what goes into our minds and what comes out of us as a result. I came across a phrase, I've quoted it before, um, and I've changed it slightly to say you have one body and all that you do lives in it. You only have one body. I'm looking out at the bodies today you only have one. You're unique. You only have one. And everything that you do in your life comes out of this body. There's an old way of thinking. I think it's Gnosticism where, um, you know, it's kind of like everything that's kind of natural and created is kind of bad. It's like, so the body is bad, the spirit's good, and it will live with God forever. We've just thought about communion, and Jesus had a resurrection body, a body that was raised to newness of life, We will have a resurrection body as well someday. We need, in this day, to look after the body that we've been given. God has given us this body and entrusted us with it to look after it so that out of this body, we're able to serve Him and make a difference in the world. You have one body, and all that you do comes from it. And so, all our work, all our rest, all our play, you can remember the advert... A Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play. Who remembers me talking about the guy I used to work beside in Sarkly Park who said, well, my Mars bars are different. Mines have got the work taken out of them. Um, He was a character. But there are things that need to be part of our daily lives. Things like rest, things like sleep, work, people, family, food, exercise, things that are part of our normal rhythms of life day by day. I want to suggest that there are other things that should be part of our daily rhythms of life things like prayer solitude silence meditation on scripture sharing and savoring life's moments with god seeing listening being awake and alert to the presence of god every day we go through rhythms in our day challenge you to stop and analyze the rhythms of your day what time do you get up do you get up the same time every day what do you do in the morning how do you spend your day? When do you have lunch? What do you have for your lunch? Do you change it all the time? Do you have the same thing every day? What kind what of person are you? What routines and rhythms do you have? And how are those rhythms helping you to become the person that God wants you to be? How are those rhythms not only catering to the external person, the body, but how are they creating, uh, catering to the, the spirit and the soul within us? And, and how are we being built up day by day? I want to suggest also that there are weekly rhythms to our lives as well. Things like work, whether paid or unpaid, and uh, you will know that everybody works in one way or another. You might not be getting paid to do it, but everybody works during your day. There are things that you do, rest, responsibilities, serving God, Sabbath, things that are part of our, our weekly rhythm. I want to suggest also that part of our weekly rhythm is actually Sabbath. Time with God is part of of Sabbath. That day that we keep holy, that day that we honor, that day where we rest, that day where we stop, that day where we slow down, that day where we do things that we don't do during the week and we don't do during the week that we do on that day. It's a different day, the Sabbath. The Bible says, in Mark chapter 2, verse 7, Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I've been thinking about this recently, about systems that are part of our world, and sometimes you feel like you're serving a system. You ever felt like that? It's like something's there to, to help us, but we end up serving the system rather than the system serving us. I can't remember why um, I was thinking about that. something that had happened, and I thought, Do you know, that should be there to help me, not me there to help that. Um, and but, but Sabbath is there to help us. The, the day that we keep holy, the day that we come to worship God is there to help us. It's not just a, an additional extra. It's not something that we do if we feel like it. It's not something we do if we're up in time. It's something that is part of the cycle of our weekly life. Time to stop, time to worship. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the sabbath and the bible even mentions the land resting did you know that second chronicles 6 36 talks about the land actually getting a rest as you look around the fields these days we see them being worked and worked and worked and worked and you're like the fields should be left to rest at times rather than be continually worked and continually fed and continually turned over and one thing after another even god rested On the seventh day after creating everything that he created, God rested. And man rested. The people rested on day one. They hadn't done anything yet. What were they resting from? We tend to think of rest as a reward. It's like, oh, I've worked really hard today. I'm going to put my feet up and have a wee cup of tea. I'm going to have a rest. And we think about rest as a reward. But actually, rest isn't a reward. Rest is a necessity. Our bodies, superhuman though you are, are not designed to function 24-7. So forget the Red Bull, forget the caffeine, forget all these things that we use to get our bodies alert and awake, get to your bed at night and get a decent sleep. Get some exercise and eat the right things and drink enough water and you'll begin to feel that you don't need the Red Bull and the caffeine hit. And all the things that we do, sorry, I hadn't meant to say that, but there you go, it all came out. (laughs) Sabbath is a principle that's developed right from the day, the the first day, and it's developed through uh, the law, the the books of uh, Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And one of the objections that God had to his people was that they were ignoring the Sabbath. They were breaking the Sabbath. They were doing things that they shouldn't do in the Sabbath. And this is not to get all legalistic about stuff that's not where I'm going, because the Sabbath was built for man. And God's saying, I've done this for you. I've initiated this rhythm of weekly life for you, where you can rest, where you can worship, where you can be together, where you can sit around a table and eat, and you're ignoring what I've put in place for you. And it's going to have a consequence. And for these people, it was part of the the consequence for, for them drifting away from God's law was that they ended up going into exile. And I think about this when it comes to our yearly rhythms, point three. Every one of us, and we, we do this without probably even thinking about it, we go through rhythms over the course of a year. I want to put up some pictures of how I engage with the seasons, spring, summer, winter, autumn, if we go round in a anti-clockwise direction. Clockwise direction, sorry. And just the the way that the seasons change in our year, I, I don't know about you, I love living in this part of the world because we have seasons. Spring, summer, winter, autumn, we have seasons. I love the seasons. Every season has got its blessings, and every season has its challenges, doesn't it? And, and we go through the seasons of life, and we sometimes are unaware of the, the routines that we're actually in. And I want to suggest that as people, not just the, the physical seasons that we go through, as people, we need to understand what season God has us in. What season in life are we in? And what do we need to learn in that season? What are the blessings of that season? What are the challenges of that season? And it says in First Chronicles 12, 32, about the men of Issachar who understood the times. They understood the season they were in and they knew what Israel should do. Wisdom to know what season we're in and what we should do in that season and I was chatting with Ron uh, over some lunch just recently um, and we were talking about this this whole thing about seasons and there's a time for every season there's there's a time for everything it says that in Ecclesiastes 3.1 a season for every activity there's there's a time and a place for everything And I I believe in the church, we, we go through different seasons as a church together. Some of those seasons are sowing, watering, waiting, and prayerfully preparing. You notice they're underlined, reaping and enjoying the fruit. And we're talking about how God grows the church. There are times to sow the Word of God. There are times to water the Word of God. And there are times to wait in the Word of God to come to fruition in people's lives. And we were chatting about this over lunch And I just felt that this is the season that we're in as a church. We're in a season of waiting. And I want to suggest prayerfully preparing. That's why I keep going on about prayer just now, because I believe that that's the season that God has us in, is to pray and to prepare for a season of reaping, for a season of harvest that's going to come not only to this church, but to the church in our nation. I believe God has been speaking to the church, this church and the church, about entering into a season of reaping. But this is where we are just now, waiting, prayerfully preparing. And as we begin to relaunch ministries in the church, it's not about restarting the old thing, because what did we say? Forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You can't see it till you see it. Can you see it? Can you begin to see it? You you know, now it springs up, but we need to forget the former. It's time to do things in a way where we're prayerfully praying, prayerfully uh, preparing, sorry, over the things which are being birthed and relaunched and, and beginning to rise up again. I want to suggest we're in a season of waiting, but we go through yearly rhythms as a church, as people, we celebrate birthdays, Sometimes we wish we hadn't celebrated quite so many birthdays, yeah. We have family holidays, things that we enjoy those moments to just go away and to rest and to be replenished, part of the the, the flow of our year. There are Easter celebrations where we celebrate resurrection life, and as a church, we have these annual celebrations. we come together and we think about what Jesus has done for us. Christmas, a celebration of giving. Who loves Christmas time? I love Christmas time. Some people in here do, some people don't. Bah, humbug. Get your hands up. A time where we celebrate God's gift of Jesus to humanity we have national events all sorts of national events things that happen every year and I think of Remembrance Sunday I've been moved by that since I was a wee boy just seeing these men um, and and women in their uniforms uh, and just thinking about what people uh, did for us in in our country and I I get very moved by that you know some people get very moved when it's the cup final (laughs) annual events you know Manchester City versus Manchester United, or if it's up here, it's Hearts versus some other team. Yeah. You notice I didn't mention the other two, Robert. National sporting events, you know, there are things which are part of the flow of a year that we engage in. Some of them are great, some of them not so great. Anniversaries where we reflect and we remember and, and we think about people who are no longer with us. Anniversaries where we celebrate with other people and we celebrate together and you know there are all sorts of things that are part of a year these these rhythms that we are in as a as as people we don't always notice the rhythms sometimes it's not till we stand back that we see it and we go wow we do how how are we going to do that differently this year i was thinking about what it must have been like for the nation of israel to to go through what they went through i, I don't know if it's the way that i'm reading the old testament just now it's different from the way i read it last year and as I'm reading it, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the Jewish people. And in Hosea 2, 11, it says, this is what God says to them. I will stop her celebrations, her yearly festivals, her new moons, her Sabbath days, all her appointed feasts. All the, the daily, weekly, annual festivals that they enjoyed as a people stopped overnight as they were taken away into exile simply because they had turned away from all that God had said. And it's in that place that they find themselves grieving. And I've quoted this recently before, but I I just think about this, and I think about how gut-wrenching this must have been for the, the children of Israel. In Psalm 137, it says, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? How can they sing while in captivity? How can they sing while all of the routines and the rhythms of life have been thrown upside down? And I think here are we, a people called by God to be the church, to be His ambassadors, to be His witnesses. And there are all these daily, weekly rhythms, annual rhythms that are part of our lives. And I want to suggest that we need to consider the rhythms of our lives. Sometimes we can't see it until we see it, eh? Our lives are shaped by Rhythms and our rhythms reflect our priorities. Let me say it one more time. Our lives are shaped by rhythms, and our rhythms reflect our priorities. What you do in your life reflects what's important to you day by day, week by week, year by year. Whether you're in church on a Sunday, that's a reflection of your priorities. Let me say I feel like preaching a a message to the church, the church, throughout our nation, and saying, Why? Why are we being like the exiles? Why are we wandering away from what God has spelled out for us so clearly in His Word? Why are we wandering off and just acclimatizing ourselves to the culture that we live in and the world and its systems and values? Why are we doing that? Why do we ignore the things that God has put in place for us that we might be blessed as a people? I believe that God is calling us, the church, into a rhythm of life that will enable us to flow in the things of the Holy Spirit. Good and godly rhythms are part of the way that we position ourselves, and we've been talking about that recently in the church, it's part of the way that we position ourselves for what God wants to do. We will not come into a time of reaping unless we prayerfully position ourselves to be in that place. Prayerfully positioning ourselves. And I want to share, just as I draw everything to a close today, an example of how God enters into those rhythms. If we have good and godly rhythms in our lives, daily, weekly, monthly, annually, if we have those rhythms established in our life, then God can come and speak to us in the rhythms. And I have found that when I'm in that rhythm, God speaks. When I'm not in that rhythm, I don't hear what God's saying. Even as a pastor, in the olden days when I started, says he, but it's true of every time in life. If we're in that rhythm, we'll hear God. If we're not in the rhythm, we won't hear God. And I want to just share a little example. And I've shared some of this before. In October 1999, Jeanette shared a verse with me, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, and it became a foundational verse in my life. Later on, in some point in 2003, early 2003, Mark Ritchie, who used to be part of the church here, was praying for me and he prayed... Deuteronomy 28, verse 13, over me. If you're not familiar with that part of scripture, what God is saying to the Israelites, he's saying, if you obey all my commandments, you'll be blessed. If you disobey, you'll be cursed. And this is what will happen. And if you obey, you'll be the head and not the tail. And Deuteronomy 28, 13, is 13, it's where God says about being the head and not the tail to his people. And Mark prayed that over me. And I'm like, what's he talking about? And I kind of forgot about it. Until on the 16th of March 2003, Mary came through excitedly with her devotional word for the day and said, you need to read this. And I'm like, okay, let's read it. And what I'm sharing with you today is because I, partly because I read that and listened to that and positioned myself accordingly. And this is what it went on to say. Don't try and read that on the screen, okay? It's too small. You'll hurt your eyes. I'll read it for you, okay? And it's, quoting Ruth chapter 3, verse 3, where God says, go down to the the threshing floor. And this is what it said. Get into place. Positioning is so important. Ruth got into proper position by going down to the threshing floor because that's where Boaz the blesser was. And you need to get into place too if you want what God has for you. Why am I sharing this? Because it's part of my history? Yes. Yes but because I believe that this is what God is saying to the church today. Our church, the church. Satan will do everything in his power to make sure that doesn't happen. He'll keep you feeling down and depressed. That way you'll never move towards your God-ordained destiny, or else he'll get you dressed up and keep you in the wrong place. And it can be dangerous to stay too long where you're overdressed. It's good to love the people you're with, but when God calls you, uh, when God calls, you, you may have to change addresses. Furthermore, when you do make it to your final destination, you may feel like a misfit for a while. You may uh, be uncomfortable and lonely because when you leave familiar surroundings, it takes time to adjust to new ones. This was in 2003. I know what it's like to change and, and be uncomfortable and to feel lonely at times. Perhaps you know God called you to your present position. It's about his grace for your season. But you still feel out of place. You may feel as though you've no right to be there. Dismiss those feelings for, when, for whom God calls, he equips, and whom he equips, he uses. And he has more potential invested in you than you could realize in a lifetime. This is how it finishes off. Listen to this. Didn't I tell you he would do a new thing? In brackets, Isaiah 43, 19. Didn't he say you'd be the head and not the tail? In brackets, Deuteronomy 28, verse 13. Well, it's starting to happen, so get into place and stay there. Wow. What a confirmation. When we're in the rhythm that God wants us to be, and we hear the voice of God. What would happen if we hadn't been doing devotionals? What would, be, what would have happened if if later that month, the 29th, I hadn't been doing my devotional, and the same verse, Deuteronomy 28, 13, popped up in my devotionals? What was that all about? Coincidence. When we're in the rhythms, God speaks to us. When we're not in the rhythms, we don't hear what God is saying to us. And then on the 30th of March, the following day in this building, Mark Ritchie was speaking. And in his sermon, he quoted, guess what? Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13. What were the chances of that happening? Now, my Lord, you're speaking to me. I am here. I am here receiving you loud and clear. Sorry to quote Ricky Fulton again. And God spoke so clearly in those days. Why? Not because I was ready to enter into everything that God had, he said, get into position because I'm going to get you ready. And there was a series of steps that got me into position for what God wanted to do. We sometimes think that when God speaks, it's all going to happen right away. It's not so. God takes us into the process and he begins to shape us. And as, uh, what's his name? The name's gone. Oswald Chambers, you know me better than I know myself. Um, (laughs) Oswald Chambers said, When God gives you a vision, when he speaks to you, he takes you into the valley and he knocks you into the shape of the vision. I can tell you since 2003, I have felt sorely knocked into the shape of the vision. You just kind of think, Lord, why am I in this? Lord, why am I thinking this? Lord, why does my attitude stink? You know, what's happening in my life? Well, God's got you in the process. I quoted Psalm 139. The last two verses, last 139, yeah. Last couple of weeks about search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way within me and lead me in the path everlasting. It's a prayer I pray. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. And I was just going about my... I hadn't planned to say this. Just this week, I was going about my business and God brought something back to my mind. Nothing to do with church, nothing to do with the people in the church, so rest easy. But he brought something back to my mind and he showed me something about my nature and my character and something that wasn't right in my nature and my character, I was like, oh, wow. I prayed that prayer, search me God and know my heart. Well, he searched and he tested and he tried and he pointed something out. And I'm like, Lord, I need to do something with this. I need to sort myself out because unless I sort this out, I'm not going to be where you want me to be. But it's all part of the rhythm and the process and the routines that we go through in life. I want to suggest that we have godly rhythms and routines in our life where we position ourselves to hear what God wants to say to us in our lives. What's God saying to you? You might say, "I don't know. I don't know what God sent to me just now." I would challenge you to ask the question, "Lord, what you sent to me just now?" and then listen. Silence solitude. Listen. Lord, what do you want to say into my spirit today? Listen. Part of coming to church is about the routines, the rhythms where we hear the voice of God for ourselves. It happens so many times. And Father, we just pray. We pray, help us to to apprehend your voice, to hear your voice in our lives. Father, help us to understand what it is that you're saying to us. Help us to be positioned so that we hear your voice, so that we understand that it's you that's speaking. We pray. I pray for those who are needing confirmation, Father, that you would confirm uh, what you're saying to them. And Father, they would have that confidence to move forward, to step out into the things which you have for them. Father, we thank you for the voice of the prophets in the church, where they come and speak to us, and they challenge us, and they encourage us, and they point us in the right direction. Father, help us in our lives to be continually faced in the right direction, Father, to be in the place where you want us to be. And, Father, help us to think about the way that we live our lives, the rhythms, the rhythms of life, the daily rhythms, the weekly rhythms, the monthly rhythms, the annual rhythms. Father, we pray, help us to consider how we're living our lives, and help us, Father, in our lives daily to position ourselves so that we're able to hear, to apprehend the voice of God. Father, to enjoy you, not just in short bursts, but, Father, as we proceed through our day, Father, even today, as we go into this day and all that it holds, Father, may we apprehend your presence and your voice in our lives. And Lord, in this week that will come, Father, we ask that we would hear your voice. Father, for those who are on holiday just now, Father, we pray rest, and we pray just for that rejuvenation within their spirits and their hearts. Lord, for those who need a touch to their body, Father, we pray again for the sick, Lord, that you would just bring them to a place of health and healing and wholeness. Lord, those who can't be with us today because they're unwell. And Father, we, we're just so aware that there are people who got such major challenges in relation to the, 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 their bodies. Father, we ask that you would come and that you just disperse gifts of healing into your church today. Lord, for each one of us, Lord, we pray, keep us walking Closely with you. Father, just as that old hymn says, just a a closer walk with thee. Father, that's our cry, that's our heart's cry, that you would help us to walk closely with you. Father, that we are in your rhythm, that we feel your heartbeat, that we are sensitive to to your pulse and to your voice and to what you're saying, to feel the nearness of your presence. Father, to feel your breath on our cheek, as it were, as we draw close to you. Father, to hear your words whispered into the very core of our being. Lord, make us sensitive to your voice, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you, and have a fantastic Sunday. Have a fantastic week. And uh, remember, things will be a little bit different over the next three weeks. We will be taking some time to rest and recharge. So let the Lord bless you, and have a great week.